Oh, it feels good to be back behind the pulpit. Oh, my. Feels good. Feels good to be mic'd up, ready to go. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, let's look at verses 1 and 2 to get this thing kicked off here. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Today I want to talk about one of our purposes and responsibilities on this earth as a Christian. I believe that this is one of the greatest keys to success in life. I believe this is uh, one key that will help you and I stay filled with the Holy Spirit, stay filled with joy and peace. How many of you want to be that way? You want to be filled with all those things. Amen? This is a key to living the abundant life as a Christian. Now, recently in my prayer time, I've been hearing a phrase in my spirit over and over. You know what I'm talking about. You're in prayer, and you just, just something on the inside, just, just like a whisper, just keeps a phrase over and over again. And this is the phrase that I keep hearing. Live to give. Live to give. The word give means to make a present of, to yield. And by the way, yielding is the opposite of selfishness. It's the opposite of pride. And to give also means to offer, to offer. The Bible says that we as Christians are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Amen? Book of Romans. So we are to present our bodies. We are to give our bodies to God as a living sacrifice to do His work. We are to yield our will to the will of God. We are to offer everything, everything we have to the will of God. Why? What, what's the importance of that? What is the importance of living to give? It's wrapped up in this. To promote the gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not. Let me just let you in on a secret that God is a giver. Have you figured that out yet? God is not just a giver, but he's a generous giver. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is our protection. He is the lifter of our head. He is our strength. He is our peace. God gave his only begotten son to die for the sins of mankind. God has given us the Holy Ghost to live a victorious and abundant life on this earth. I don't know if you knew or not, but God's a giver. He's a generous giver. Amen? And Ephesians 5.1 said that we as Christians are to be imitators of God as dear children. To be an imitator of God means to act like Jesus. Act how Jesus would act. Speak what Jesus would speak. After all, the Bible does call us Christians ambassadors, representatives for Christ, right? If we're not representing him, who are we representing? What are we here for? What are we doing? Amen? We are part of his body on this earth. We are to stay connected to the head. Remember I talked about Jesus was the head. The Bible calls Jesus the head, and we as Christians are his body on this earth. We need to stay connected to the head. We are to be motivated by the head, and most importantly, we are to imitate the head. Why would God tell us Christians to imitate him? 
I mean, it all, you know, the, initially it almost sounds like a blasphemous statement. Imitate God. What do you mean imitate God? Who can be like God? No, but he does. He says to imitate him, doesn't he? So why on earth, literally, would God tell us Christians to imitate him? Because when we do that, that is when we're going to make the biggest impact on this earth for Jesus Christ. That is when the power of the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. When we're, we're imitating him. When Jesus walked this earth, listen to this. He said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Remember that? Jesus said that. And Jesus said he did only that which he seen the Father doing. He spoke only that which he heard the Father speaking. Remember that? Jesus, in fact, yielded himself. Jesus gave himself. Jesus committed himself to the will of his Father. When Jesus walked this earth, it was a reflection of his heavenly Father. Amen? And in Jesus' earthly ministry, he gave himself as a living sacrifice unto God the Father. Jesus lived to give in every area of his earthly life. And he still is. He sits at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us. Amen? Yeah. How many of you know Jesus lives to give? And he's keep, he keeps on giving. So he is our example. He is our standard by which we are to live our lives by. When the world sees us as Christians, they should be able to say, I have seen Jesus. In fact, they should be able to say, you know what? If Jesus were walking this earth right now, this is how Jesus would act. Think about it. That's powerful, isn't it? Can they say that? And one of those characteristics the world should see in us is that we ought to be givers. And, come on, givers with no strings attached. We ought to be generous givers of everything that we have. Of ourselves, our time, our money, our gifts, our talents, just to name a few. Again, the purpose is simple. To love God and others and to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose of living a life of giving. Live to give. Say live to give. Now listen, one worldly mindset, one worldly mindset that many Christians hold on to in their life is this. If I hold on to, if I keep my possessions to myself, I'll have more. The happier I'll be in life, right? I mean, come on, we've all been there. You hold on to it. You, you don't want it, you know, you want it for yourself. And you say, you know, I'm going to be happier in life then. But Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So there's a joy in giving. There is a satisfaction in giving. I'm not just talking money. I'm talking in every area of your life. There's a satisfaction of giving that is supernatural. Why? Because you are actively obeying the will of God when you're living to give. You're actively being a doer of the word. And that will always bring positive results in your life. Come on, you act on the word of God, you obey the word of God, it's going to bring positive results in your life. Plain and simple. Hands down. Amen. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you something here. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm talking about live to give. Let's live to give. 
Ephesians 4.28 makes this very clear. It says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he, oh, you might want to underline this, that he may have something to give to him who has need. One of the main purposes of working and receiving a paycheck on this earth is not just for you, but it's to help those in need. Did you catch that? He's saying, hey, the sucker who's not going out and working and, and, and he wants to steal, he says, tell him to go get a job so he can be able to have something to give to someone. Live to give. Live to give. People... Listen, people who are greedy are shorting themselves of the blessing and favor of God in their lives. Did you know that? We need to put the principles of the word of God into action so that we can, ha so we can give God more opportunities to bless us. Amen. Now, I mean, that shouldn't be your motivation, but it's just true. Amen? It's a, it's a principle. The kingdom of God is totally opposite of the worldly, greedy mindset. When you are giving out of a pure heart, pure motivation, blessings will come back into your life. That's just a biblical principle. It's not a word of faith thing. It's not a rhema thing. It's not a Kenneth Hagin thing. It's a biblical thing. Amen? Amen. Go to Proverbs eleven twenty four. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Oh, come on. We got to live to give. Proverbs eleven twenty four, This is awesome scripture. It says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Now that's pretty amazing. Now, that's totally opposite of the world, right? The world says, the more I hold on to, the more I have. This says, the more I scatter the more I'm going to get. The more I hold on to more than is right, it's going to lead to poverty. Why? Because it all starts right here in the heart. In, 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 oh, come on now. What's your motivation? Amen? Who are you living for? So I want you, and I got to do this too. Come on, preachers preach to themselves on Sunday morning. Amen? We need to examine our life today in the area of giving to the poor and needy. Have you scattered enough seed in that area? Or are you holding back more than is right? The key is, are you holding back more than is right? Come on. And here's the thing now, only you can answer that question in your heart. I can't answer it for you. Amen? It's, it's not the amount. Remember in, in that account where the little widow woman... She threw in a mite, and it says the, she gave everything she had. But it was only a mite. It was just a small amount. Jesus said the people who were rich gave in. They just gave out of their abundance. There was no sacrifice in the giving. It all comes from the heart. It's a heart motivation. Amen? Go to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, 17. This is great. Listen to this. 
It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. And he will pay back, the Lord will pay back what he has given. One of the ways of investing in the kingdom of God is helping the poor. Giving money to the poor, helping them out. When you and I help the poor, the board said right there, that we're lending unto the Lord and he will pay it back. It, it, it's all, what's your heart attitude? Uh, come on, our heart attitude shouldn't be just to get money back. Our heart attitude should be to see people uh, helped, amen, and stuff like that. But it's, it's just true. It's a biblical principle. It's going to come back. It's going to come back to you. And so, listen to me. God has so much compassion on the poor and needy on this earth. And we as his children need to also. Amen? amen? Proverbs 28, 27. Proverbs 28, 27. Nudge your neighbor and say, live to give. Go ahead, just nudge him. Wake him up. Proverbs 28, 27. Listen to this. It says, he who gives to the poor will not lack. That's a powerful promise. But he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Oh my. My question to you is, are you lacking in, your in any area of your life today? Maybe you need to examine your life, and maybe you need to give more to the poor and needy that are around you. Oh, it's getting a little quiet in here. Now, here's this, the word here, that young man came up and gave this morning. This is how it ties into what I'm speaking. I had this in my notes. Ready for this? Write it down. You will only get a harvest when you sow seed. Don't expect a harvest if you're not sowing anything. Are you holding back that seed more than is right? Well, the issue is you don't have nothing planted, so why are you sitting around expecting something to grow when you don't have nothing planted? Are you hearing me? Maybe selfishness and pride has crept in, and it has brought a curse upon your life, and, yes, even your finances. Go to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, I want to look at here. It says this, command those who are rich or who have an abundance in this pr present age not to be haughty or prideful, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18, let them do good that, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share why? Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Here, here's the thing. Are you ready for this? We as Christians need to be actively looking for opportunities to bless the poor and needy. Always. Always look around. Maybe it's someone who you work with. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it's whatever. We constantly need to be, we actively need to be looking for opportunities to bless the poor and needy. And come on, do it joyfully. Because the Bible says it this way in the New Testament, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver.
Go to Luke 18. Luke 18. 18 through 25. It says, Now a certain ruler asked him, asked Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but, but one that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that, he became very sorrowful and said, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that rich people aren't going to get into heaven. Come on now. That's foolish to say that. In fact, money is not evil. I said it on the broadcast today if you listen to it. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Say root. I don't know about you, but when there's a root, there's always fruit. Amen? But the love of money is the root of all evil. Listen, it was the love of money that hindered this rich young ruler from following Jesus. One thing kept him from storing up treasure in heaven, more treasure in heaven. One thing disqualified him from joining Jesus in the ministry. What was it? The love of money. And I'll tell you right now, my friend, it's the love of money that hinders a lot of people from moving forward with the Lord Jesus Christ today. Same thing. Same thing. It's nothing new. Come on. I know all these things change, technology's changing, but come on, it's the same devil. It's the same temptation from the Garden of Eden. Eden. Amen? Are you hearing me? Let it not be said of one of us on Judgment Day that the love of money cheated us out of the treasures of heaven. Taking up the cross to follow Jesus demands unselfishness and the love for others more than yourself. I said more than yourself. So I want to encourage all that are listening to me right now, right now, to find a needy person. Find someone who's less fortunate. Like I said, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's, maybe it's someone else that God leads you to. Maybe it's a person that hates your guts. But they're poor. <laughs> are you hearing me? Send them money. Buy them groceries. Make them a meal. Live to give. Now, I'm challenging all of you now to do it this week. No, yeah, I know it's easy to hear a, a message like this and just walk out. Oh, you know, that's great. Yeah, give it to the poor. You know what? Guarantee you just go right back in your own pattern of life. We fall into our selfish kind of things you know you get wrapped up oh you see this bill you see that bill oh, oh okay yeah that was a great message but you know what i just can't do it no i'm challenging all of us this week find someone send them some money visit them 
send them some, some money. Go buy, take them out for dinner. I'm, do it this week. Amen? This week. When I got born again, this is one of the fruit that came in with the package of being born again. I immediately had an overwhelming desire to give to the poor and needy and to the Lord's work. Amen? We need to, and we need to do it joyfully. And it's not, not just the giving, come on, don't, don't just nail it on finances. That's part of it. Give your time. Give your time to someone. Someone needs their house clean, go to their house and clean it for them. Amen? What, whatever, I don't know. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do for someone this week? And, you know, those of you who maybe are on that side where you're poor and needy and stuff like that, you know what? Some of the most giving people i ever seen are those people who don't have much. Are you hearing me? So don't use that as an excuse. Oh, I have nothing to give. We all have something we can give. Whether it's your time, it's your finances, something. We need to scatter some seed. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Next, we need to be givers of our gifts and talents. Now, this requires the giving of your time, which many Christians don't want to give up the necessary time to be a blessing to someone. But we need to be givers of those gifts and talents. Amen? You need to know that we as Christians are expected to use the gifts and talents that God has given us for the good of God's kingdom and mankind. I, I, I didn't just say use your gifts and talents for other Christians. Did you hear me? A little quiet in here. No, for the good of God's kingdom and for the good of mankind. That's everybody, saved and unsaved. Amen? When you're doing that, you're letting your light shine. They're seeing Jesus in you. Amen? Go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 24 through 29. I want to show you how important it is and how God looks at it for you to use the gifts and talents that he has given you. It says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, Look, there you have what is yours. Whoa, this is interesting. Underline the word your talent. Oh, and you thought it was all you, huh? Verse 26, listen. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and, had, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. You know, a lot of people criticize like the Benny Hins and Kenneth Copelands who have the big ministries, but you know what? The Lord illuminated to me that these people who aren't using their talents, the Lord just transferred it in some of those who are really using it. Are you hearing me? For to everyone who has, more will be given. 
and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. See, this is what you have to understand in me, me also. The gift or the talent that God has given to you really belongs to him. Notice, this, this servant here, this lazy servant who didn't do anything with the talent, he even recognized it was from the Lord. He said, I hid your talent. Come on. So, I mean, come on. He has given us these gifts and talents. He's simply equipped us for the mission on this earth. It's not ours. It belongs to him. And he's expecting you to invest that gift, to use that gift, and to make him rich. How do you make him rich? By using your talents and bringing people to Jesus. Oh, come on. Think about it. I mean, do you understand that there are some people that you are called to that will never give me the time of day? Are you hearing me? And you're passing up the opportunity to lead others to Christ that I will never reach in my lifetime. I, I, amen? amen? Now, many don't use their gifts and talents because they struggle with fear and insecurity. That's a true statement. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1. I'll, I'll read the cure to you about that. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Listen to this. Paul told Timothy a young pastor. He said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what, what kind of spirit has he given us? The Holy Ghost. He describes it here. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, when you're struggling with fear, you're, you don't have a sound mind. Are you hearing me? How many of you figured that out yet? You don't have a sound mind. It's deception. It's deceiving. It's cheating you out of things that God has for you. But Paul told Timothy that God has not given him that spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And based on that promise from God, Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift that's within him. To stir up the gift that's within him. Listen, the only way that you are ever going to get over the obstacle of fear is, well, Nike says it well, just do it. It's not going to get any easier. Are you hearing me? It do, it's not going to get any easier. Oh, the devil would love to keep you paralyzed. The devil was trying to, to beat Timothy, a young pastor with fear, and trying to stop him from operating in the gifts that he's called to do. But Paul says, no, 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 that fear is not from God. That, that gift and talent, those gifts are from God. And what you need to do, Timothy, is stir it up. Whoa. Are you hearing me? Stir it up. Say, stir it up. Say, just do it. It's not going to get any easier. There's no easy way around it. I'll say this, though. When you take that step of faith, that is when the anointing of the Holy Ghost kicks into action. That's when he kicks in and puts you over. That's when a boldness rises up on the inside of you. 
Don't, don't wait for the boldness to do it and then go do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do what God has called you to do. Amen? So I'm calling all those here at Revival Christian Center and all of those Christians listening to me on the radio and the internet right now to rise up and operate in the gifts and talents that God has given you. Quit being lazy. Quit being fearful. Just rise up and just do it. Amen? When you, when you operate in the gifts and talents that God has given you, there is even a promise of being refreshed spiritually yourself. Go to Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25. How many of you need a little refreshing spiritually? Huh? Proverbs 11.25. Look at this. It says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also, also be watered himself. In other words, if you are giving out, it's going to come back in. Um, how can I say it in a more simple way? Uh, when you give, it's going to come back to you. Amen? Now, I know this to be true personally. When I'm ministering, when I'm preaching, teaching, counseling, praying for the sick, I get recharged spiritually. Hallelujah. Pa Pastor Joe, you know what I'm talking about? And I, right now, many Christians who suffer with emotional is issues, such as anxiety or depression, they tend to withdraw themselves from others. And because of that, they fall into a deeper pit. And you know what I'm talking about? I've been in depression before. I know what it feels like. You pull yourself away. You withdraw yourself. You don't want to do anything anymore. And you just fall into the deeper pit. Now, that's the deception of depression. That's the deception of it. Isolating yourselves from others. Isolating yourself from God. Getting bitter and angry at God for something he's not even responsible for in your life. That thing's from the devil. Hello? But what those individuals really need to do is start reaching out. Start helping others. Start praying for the sick. Start a Bible study at your home. Come on. Start praising and worshiping God. Start thanking God. Are you hearing me? That's what you, whoever I'm talking to, that's what you need to do. You need to give out so you can get refreshed yourself. You need to water so you can be watered yourself. Go to Ephesians 5 as I'm getting ready to close here. Ephesians 5. So don't pull away. Don't draw back. That's just a deception from the enemy to keep you in the pit, to keep you in a darker pit. Are you hearing me? Amen. Hallelujah. Start giving out. Live to give. Live to give. Ephesians 5. 18 through 21, very popular scripture here. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or excess, King James says, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, 
Don't, uh, don't try to emotionally escape from your problems with drinking alcohol or whatever it is you use to escape from, something that, that's a false peace. See, that feeling will leave you, and you'll find yourself in the pit again. Amen? You need to get and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. He will never leave you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the one that can deliver you and give you peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of the storm you're going through, whatever it is, the circumstance. Now, I want you to notice that all of the instructions of how to be and how to stay, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, that's funny, guys. <laughs> One, I want you to notice that all of the instructions of how to be and how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit has to do with giving of yourself. Put that back up there, guys. Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. A giving of yourselves to others to build them up spiritually. It says speaking to yourselves and others, spiritual psalms and hymns. It's a giving of yourself. Do you notice this? A giving of yourselves to others in building them up spiritually. You're watering them. You're going to get watered. A giving of yourself to the Lord by giving thanks to him. And submitting to one another in the fear or reverence of God. Now, submitting to others in the fear of God is a giving of yourself to others because it's pleasing to God. You do it because you love God and you love people. Truly, I'm convinced, the secret to joy and happiness as a Christian on this earth is summed up, can be summed up in this one phrase. Live to give. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen and stand up with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Live to give. That's catchy, isn't it? Live to give. Father, show each of us, Lord, this week who we are to reach out to. Something special we can do for someone else. We want to scatter your seed. We want to show the love of Christ to others. So show each and every one of us. Now, maybe there's someone in here you have never, never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. You're trying to skirt around admitting that you're a sinner. You're saying, well, you know what? Yeah, okay, I, I'll, I'll just stay this way and, and I'll give to people and I'll try to earn favor with God. No, 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 no. It all starts with Jesus. Amen. Anything, any works outside of Jesus where you're trying to gain favor with God, the Bible has a name for that. You know what it is? Dead works. It doesn't mean a doggone thing. Because if you leave this earth without Jesus, you're going to find yourself in the pits of hell for eternity. And that's just the truth. That's, that's what the Word says. So if you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning unashamed. Unashamed. And you want to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. Jesus was not ashamed to get on that cross and hang there naked for you and for your sins. You ought not to be ashamed to walk down and make him Lord of your life in a service. Are you hearing me? Maybe you said the sinner's prayer a while back, a long time ago, and you've fallen away. And frankly, you don't know if you'd go to heaven if you took your last breath right now or not. 
If that's you, if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to come forward this morning. Maybe you never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I'll be right with you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and the fullness of what God has for you to be a powerful witness for Him, I want you to come to this altar this morning. Maybe you need a physical healing. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you're one that struggles with fear. Maybe you have fear in operating in your gift and you want prayer for that today. The spirit of fear is just latched onto your mind and you can't seem to shake it. And you need someone to pray with you and agree with you. If that's you, you struggle with fear, I want you to come to this altar today. Worship the Lord as the music plays.
that microphone at where am I looking oh squirrely little thing uh, come here pastor Joe pastor Joe wanted to share a testimony 
about something that happened this week, and then I'm going to have him pray over uh, the food, and we'll get things set, taken. Greetings down. in the name of the Lord. Wow, I've got to be careful because um, this room's really not big enough for me to have power here. Um, but uh, don't you love being in church in this house today? Isn't it, isn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Let the people of God say, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen? Amen. I got a short story to tell you this morning. Uh, it better be short because um, there's food out there and I'm hungry too. Uh, about how the Lord has helped and uh, done a work. Miss Trista Newberry has been worshiping here with us uh, since we came up here and have been participating with you all. And uh, it's been good. Well, Trista has felt for a year that the Lord has been telling her she needed to go to Tulsa to ORU. And um, it's been a year of, of struggle and frustration that she's waited to get out there. And so we were going to Nebraska this last week to minister to a young lady that got saved under our ministry and uh, actually got saved in my living room in a counseling session and we were talking about her life and and uh, the lord said uh the lord said you better ask her if she's even saved so we asked her and she said well no i've not really asked the lord into my life and i said well let's get that taken care of and then we can start working through details but this is the big one and we, so we did that well that was a couple of years ago and so she invited us to nebraska to celebrate her two-year new birth anniversary how about that for a birthday amen and that was a very unique thing, a little 20-minute ceremony that she paid a small fortune for. But I figure that's, that's worth investing in the gospel, you know, as it happens in your life. And so she invested that way and brought us out to Nebraska and said, come and, and participate in this ceremony. There isn't a ceremony for that, Brother James. Pastor Tom and I out at the Nazarene Church in Fremont, Nebraska, made one up. We just, on the spot, we just started flowing in the Holy Spirit as to how this is going to happen. And uh, it was good. I told Trista, if you want to go to ORU and visit the college, this is as close as we're going to be. It's half the distance from Nebraska that it is from, from Michigan. So if you want to go, put together some funds and come with us. She said, I'll do that. And then the Lord spoke to me, and he said, give her a caution because I may move for her, and if I move for her, she needs to be prepared to stay. That girl packed all but just a little bit of what she owns into two bags to stay. And we got out there and started praying and started praying. Well, you know, oh, Roberts University is a place where miracles happen. And so, so we went in the first day and she talked with her advisor and the Lord began to, to kind of move there. And I really put on him. I said, you know, I'm bringing this girl out here. And Trista's story is that she has had to separate from her family to participate in the gospel. She went and found another family to take her in. It's been a tough road for her. And she has been determined. I am breaking the sin cycle. I am getting up out of this thing. I'm going to have a new life. The Lord's going to do for me. And so she began to walk that way two years, three years ago now, two and a half years ago, and the Lord gave her a family because what? The Lord gives families to the fatherless. That's what the scripture says. So she began to walk that way. She said, I'm going to college. Nobody else in my family's going to college. I'm going to college. She heard about ORU. I'm going to a spirit-filled college where the Lord's going to do for me. So I kind of put on them people in, that, in, the, uh, in the registrar's office there. Come on, we're going to help this girl. Now, you know, we left Wednesday afternoon with a scholarship for $1,500 at 4 o'clock. When we came back in the morning, it was 3000 That's one. 
She had no place to stay. She knows just a couple of contacts she had out there, and they didn't offer her anything. So, so she, uh, we, we pulled a, a little ad off the student board. We pulled a little ad. Lady said, I'm looking for somebody to rent one room in my house. Turned out this is a sharp young woman of God, works for the ORU TV station, and uh, she had one room, but the dates were wrong. But you know when the Spirit moves, when the Lord has your contact, He's going to do for you. You get that? When the Lord has your contact, He's going to do for you. Now, I'm going to get to your message on giving in just a minute. Everybody's standing. They're weary of me already. They say, don't let that guy give that guy a mic. Listen. Listen, that girl said, we'll find a place for you. And she came up with two other resources, two other resources on the spot. She said, well, my mom and dad got a place, and I'll bet they'd rent you a room. And it's a four-bedroom house, and so there's three of them available. She said, we can call them. She said, my sister rents a place in town with Victory Christian Center's ministry, and, and she's, they've got some apartments, and, and she's there, and maybe she'll split a room with you, and that would be good. And she said, if it all falls through, I'll rent you my couch. How's that, amen? Guess what? The girl that's renting one of the rooms there hasn't showed up yet. Trista's not on the couch. She's in the upstairs bedroom living life right now. Now wait, because we're still wondering, Lord, what are you going to do? She's out here. Oklahoma can be hot. And her car is in disrepair. And so she needs a car. She needs a car with air conditioning. She needs something dependable. Run around town. We took her out and applied for a job. Dillard's, she passed the first interview, she passed the first application process and got an interview on the spot. The whole time we're praying about the car. She, we're, we're ready, we're hoping she gets the second interview, gets hired in there, but we're praying about the car. She called home just before we let her go with this other young lady. She called home. She said, is there any mail come for me? I was expecting a check from a relative. And uh, this is a relative that's not been good help, that's not supported her. They said, all you've got is a little junk mail. I said, oh, are you sure? About that time, the lady, the family that had taken them in, the Coles, uh, Julie Cole, said, wait a minute. And she wasn't even on the phone. She said, there's another letter here from Illinois. She said, maybe that's it. Open it for me. They opened it. Are you ready? She's expecting $100. They open it, and inside's not a check. It's a money order. You know, you can't mess up a money order. That's a cash draft. It's a money order for $1,600. The Lord said, I'm going to do this thing. $1,600. She hung up the phone. She said, I, I got to go. I got to go talk to the lady I'm in a room with or that's helping me stay here. Um, I got to go. And she turned to me and she said, that can't be right. That person's never given to me. That person, I'm barely getting this $100. They don't like me. She can't be right. I said, well, we don't want to be here under false assumptions. Call back and verify. So she called him back. She said, read it again to me. Is it right? They said, it is right. She said, is there a note? It makes no sense. It can't be from him. They opened the note. Six months ago, some guy hit her car, and he was from out of state. They had completely given up on the money. Here was a beautiful little note from this man that said, I'm sending you this money to repair your car or get you something else. I hope that this makes up for the delay that we've had. We're sorry. May you have a good and blessed life. I'm going to tell you something. I was glad to be a giver this week and be driving the car and be around miracles. Ann and I were so afraid. Miracles were happening so fast. We stayed 45 minutes longer on the campus of ORU praying just in case ours was coming too. 
I refused to leave. I went over by the big praying hands in the front of the campus there and just, just walked around praying in the spirit a while. All right, Lord, what's the next thing you're going to do? Now, listen to me. The pastor just preached a good message. I'm not rolling in money right now. Our situation, some of you know it, is, is, is rather grave. But you know what? I do have time. I do have time. So when Lindsay called me, well, we'll go to Nebraska. We got time. Let's, let's invest it. When, and, and here we decided we'll spend time with Trista. We'll invest it. What are you investing? Give of your time, your talent, your treasure. Jesus said, lay down your life. What is your life other than the comprehensive moments that you will live it, other than the talents that God has given you and put in your life, other than the resources you will generate by your labor? Give your time, your talent, your treasure. We gave and we got to sit in that parking lot and watch the miracles roll in like a tide. I challenge you to do some giving this week. You know what I'm doing? I'm driving back to Tulsa tomorrow to take the rest of her stuff and her money. Why? Because miracles are happening and I'm going to have myself next to miracles in the kingdom of God. You do some giving today. Hey, the Lord has provided a good supper and, he, and a good dinner out here and let's take and eat and stir up the gifts in one another. May your fellowship find you an ally to today in the gospel an ally to lift you up stir up your gifts and do the thing god is called to be done in this town father thank you for this food thank you for this church thank you for people of faith thank you that we have allies right next to us that in the trench warfare of our life we can borrow some ammunition we can borrow some help we can borrow some first aid and say help me get through my time how can i help you get your head down put your head up Let's run and charge. Let's fix bayonets and go. May that be today's get together. May we be strengthened in the gospel of Jesus Christ because we took of these good, this good food and participated in this good fellowship. Do it for us today. And the house of the Lord said, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.